section forty six of christmas and christmas lore this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. christmas and christmas lore by thomas g crippen miscellaneous christmas superstitions etc before passing on to the traditions and customs of the twelve days following christmas it will be convenient to bring together a number of superstitions that cannot easily be classified one of them is the widespread belief that as midnight ushers in the holy birth-tide the cattle fall on their knees in honour of him who lay in the manger it is said that the christianized indians in america believe that at the same time the deer kneel in worship of the great spirit and it is an undeniable fact that cattle often have been seen on their knees on christmas eve in somerset this was referred to old christmas eve fifth to sixth january when the master ox lowed softly three times and then kneeled towards the manger it seems a pity to spoil a poetic legend with a prosaic comment but the simple truth is that all ruminant animals oxen sheep deer camels and the rest when arising from a recumbent posture almost always get first on their knees or in other words get up hind legs first somewhat akin to the belief in the kneeling oxen is a tradition current in the greek orthodox church that on christmas eve all trees and plants especially those on the banks of the jordan bow in reverence to the saviour a man rode into lydda shortly before midnight on christmas eve and tethered his ass to a prostrate palm tree which he supposed had been blown down by the wind in the morning the tree stood erect and the poor ass was effectually hanged a plain proof that the greek calendar was right and the reformed calendar of the west entirely wrong a less pleasing superstition once prevailed in some parts of england france and germany it was believed that on this one night of all the year oxen were able to speak many tales were said to have been overheard when the oxen were talking but the listeners never heard any good of themselves the bovine utterances usually had something to do with sudden death in scotland before the reformation it was customary to visit the beer and stable on christmas eve and there say an ave maria and a paternoster to safeguard the cattle and horses from the evil eye there was also a pretty fancy that bees might be heard singing in the hive on christmas eve another old superstition was related to the gambling which too frequently mingled with the christmas sport kirchmeyer describing the customs of his day in the roman catholic parts of germany tells us that at the midnight and early morning masses the people's offerings were severally laid on the altar and some quote, the money still do watch that first to altar comes which then they privily do snatch the priest lest others should it have takes oft the same away whereby they think throughout the year to have good luck in play end quote other superstitions have to do with divination great importance used to attach to the day of the week on which christmas fell from this was prognosticated the prevalent weather and the fruitfulness or unfruitfulness of the ensuing season the fortunes of those born on that day 
the recovery or death of those who on that day fell sick etc an elaborate rhyming guide on the subject is contained in one of the harleian manuscripts in the british museum from which the appropriate stanza is often quoted as a curiosity in the christmas papers another form of divination was distinctly funny a girl knocked loudly at the sty door on christmas eve if a great hog first grunted in reply her predestined husband would be an old man if it were a little pig that gave promise of a young one a characteristic yorkshire superstition about first footings is probably not yet quite extinct it relates to the person who first enters the house on christmas morning a woman or a girl is thought to bring ill fortune a man or boy usually brings good luck but he must always bring something into the house if it be only a sprig of holly before anything is taken out it is also held that a dark-haired lad ensures better luck than one who is fair this may be a trace of race antagonism inherited from a time when the dark-haired briton was a more welcome guest than the fair-haired saxon this explanation is favored by another superstition that a flat-footed person brings ill luck and it is said that on an average welshmen are higher in the instep than englishmen in scotland nothing was to be taken out of the house on christmas day unless as a present somewhat akin to this was the belief that the luckiest person in the house during the next year would be he or she who first opened the door to let christmas in the proper way to do it is to open the door wide and say welcome father christmas the chirping of a cricket at christmas was widely believed to portend good luck but to bring into the house anything made of leather was very unlucky the glastonbury legend is well known the story is that joseph of arimathea and his comrades fatigued with their journey sat down to rest on weary all hill where joseph set his staff in the ground it took root and became a hawthorn tree which always blossomed at christmas mindful of its lord until it was cut down by a puritan in the days of queen elizabeth several trees grown from the haws of the sacred thorn still flourish in the neighborhood and have the like virtue only they bloom at twelfth tide which proves that the reformed calendar is not yet accepted in wonderland the local form of the legend is that the trees being already in bud unfold their blooms at midnight on the fifth to sixth january but after a short time close them again within living memory many persons made a nocturnal pilgrimage to one or other of these holy trees in hope to see the miracle the simple fact is that about glastonbury as elsewhere there is a number of pink hawthorns the original stock of which was imported from the east and which usually bloom in the winter a yorkshire saying probably not so much a superstition as a kindly jest is that in as many houses as you eat a mince pie in the twelve days of christmas so many happy months will you have in the year one thing is certain the more of the true christmas spirit we cultivate the more happiness we shall enjoy all the year round 
there is an irish superstition that the gates of paradise are always open at midnight on christmas eve so that any one dying at that moment enters at once without going to purgatory grim stories are told of persons who were obviously dying and were kindly helped out of this world just at the critical moment in some places there was a notion that it was unlucky to be born on christmas eve there was danger that the unfortunate white would become a werewolf as a counterpart to this we may mention a scottish belief that those born on christmas eve or good friday have the power of seeing spirits and even of commanding them another quaint belief in some mining districts was that on christmas eve high mass was sung by invisible choristers in the mine which contains the richest load of ore and which was preternaturally lighted up for the occasion a strange survival of heathenism long persisted in some parts of bohemia and perhaps is not yet quite extinct a portion of the christmas fair is thrown into the wells as an offering to the springs or more probably to the guardian spirit of the springs as a safeguard against drought the last superstition we need mention here is that of the christmas angel it used to be believed that every christmas eve a number of angels were sent from heaven commissioned each to waken an infant from its first sleep and carry it to paradise there to sing a carol in honor of the christ child christianity having had its cradle in the northern hemisphere it was inevitable that christmas should gather around it the associations and customs of a winter festival the more distinctly religious observances were easily transported to a southern latitude but in the case of many social and festive traditions this was impossible nevertheless christmas is as merry under the southern cross as under charles's wane but it is there essentially a summer holiday associated with flowers and picnics a couple of snatches of antipodean verse may illustrate this aspect of the festive season a poet of english birth but australian domicile writes thus of christmas eve where the fern king holds his revels in his hidden courts of green and the wire grass weaves a curtain to enshrine the mystic scene there i lingered in the gloaming of a sunny christmas tide there i lingered midst the shadows while the daylight waned and died there i mused and dreamed and pondered of the happy days of yore ere my errant feet had wandered to the strange australian shore his meditations are interrupted by a band of children singing a carol which runs thus morning star or bethlehem shining guide us to his lowly bed evening lights at day's declining soft reveal his weary head flowers that bloom mid thorn and briar shadow forth his footsteps fair birds sweet song in tuneful choir sing his love and guardian care end of section forty six